0: Once upon a time.
1: Welcome to the first episode of Discover Oral Teaching. My name is Birte Papenhausen and I love to communicate theology in creative ways. I'm a drama therapist, I have also studied theology and intercultural studies, and I worked in Mongolia for many years. In the beginning, I thought drama, theology, and cultures were just different passions of mine. But now I realize that they are very much connected and complement each other. And what brings it together is summarized in one word, orality and oral teaching, which, no surprise here, is the content of this podcast. I often meet people who have heard the terms orality, oral learner, and oral cultures but they don't really know what these terms mean. So this first episode will explain who oral learners are, how they think, how they learn best, and what they need to remember and pass on information. I try to give as many examples as possible. Actually, the second episode will be only real-life examples, and the following episodes will be all about methods which help to teach oral learners. Stories, biographies, symbols, rituals, and some modern parables. Now back to the term oral. Most will think that oral means spoken and that print means written. And if you look at the terms print culture and oral culture, this definition is quite fitting. In a print culture like Germany, important information is passed on in writing. That's why there are many different newspapers in Germany. And if the water or the power will be cut off, people will find a written note at the door or in their mail which informs them about the time of the power or water cut. Offices, banks and all official places send their information by mail. Contracts are more important than words and a person who has read much is a respected person. Now, in an oral culture like Mongolia, you need to have contacts in order to be informed. You go to the market, you listen to friends and the gossip to hear important news. And when the power was cut off because people had not paid their bills, no letters were sent, but a car with a megaphone on top would drive through the streets and announce the names of the people who still had to pay. So, regarding print and oral cultures, thinking about written and verbal information is very helpful. But when it comes to print and oral learners, this concept is not sufficient. It is not only about being able to read and write, but mainly about the format in which the information is passed on. Well, sometimes people think when they hear oral learners, These are the ones in the bushes who can't read and write. And yes, these people are oral learners and you call them primary oral learners because they are the ones who really cannot read and write, who have never learned it. And these people rely upon oral means to gather and remember information. So they have only the radio and they have only people to get information. But they are also secondary oral learners. And these are the ones who have the ability to read and write, but they prefer to learn or process information by oral means rather than by written means. So they are the ones that like audio and visual communication much more. They rather watch a film than reading a book. They buy a new electrical device and instead of consulting the manual they just try the buttons and cables and want to get it run without needing to dig into the descriptions. If oral learners have missed the meeting they will rather ask a colleague to quickly summarize the meeting instead of reading the minutes. Our world is full of oral learners. 70 to 80% of the world population are Oral learners, so most people, and also in the Western world. We can see that in the social media. Websites are full of videos and pictures and very short texts, since hardly anyone will read more than two or three sentences. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, audiobooks, audio messages instead of text messages that need to be written. You get the idea. But it is not enough to just put written information into audio files. So, reading a study book or a sermon and broadcast it on radio will not automatically reach oral learners because the clue is about concept and context. Before I explain that more in detail, I want to let a print and an oral learner speak for themselves. By the way, orality has nothing to do with gender. My choice to have a woman and a man speak has only the purpose to make it easier to listen. Well, here they are. The woman represents a print learner and the man the oral learner. Well, for me, to learn is to analyze what I hear or
2: read, to summarize the information, interpret it and draw conclusions. I put information into principles, categories and definitions and also like to receive information in that way. I also enjoy timelines, statistics, diagrams and tables. Concise information so that I can reflect on it and make action plans like five steps to reach my goal.
0: I have many ways how I learn. First of all, I learn by experiences or by examples like watching others. I like to talk about things and discuss them with others. And then I love stories. I love to listen to stories and I love to tell stories. And of course, I enjoy the arts and learn a lot from them in drama, songs, dances, pictures, poems, proverbs and parables. When people recite texts, it sounds beautiful and I love to listen to it. I also love symbols and rituals that help me to remember things. The same with repetition that makes me feel I know a lot. Oh, and of course, I love games and riddles.
1: When you listen to these learning preferences, you could say that oral learning could also be described as natural learning, the way children learn and how everyone learns without sitting down and planning to learn. For an oral learner, it is absolutely vital that the information is brought within a context, So the information needs to be connected with a person, an event, and something that is related to real life. Print learning is trained learning. It requires skills which a person has to learn. I still remember how I learned in schools about categories. We had blue, red, yellow, and green circles, squares, triangles, big ones, small ones... And we had to sort them according to some aspects. All reds together or or triangle or, or the small ones. I also remember how I learned to read tables and diagrams and timelines and maps. At first the drawings meant nothing to me. It is all abstract thinking and disconnected with anything of the surroundings and real life. It is about concepts which stand on itself and one has to make an effort to get into this concept in order to understand it. Again, a short example. When Germans learn a new game, they start to read the rule descriptions, which start with the goal of the game and then step one and then step two and three and so on. In Mongolia... I usually had only one minute to share some rules and then my friends would say, oh, okay, stop, yeah, that's enough, just let's do it. We will learn it while we play. And they actually did. So you see hopefully the difference between concept and context. That is very important to understand course, that is the main difference in how a print learner and an oral learner thinks. This way of thinking and learning influences, of course the learning style, but also the preferences for communication and how people communicate and also how they make decisions. What is the information on which a decision is made? And of course we make decisions always based on what we know, what we know in our head and in our heart. Often print learners know a lot because they can refer to books and notes they took somewhere, but they're in books on the shelf, and these informations, the notes, are on the computer. It's not in their head. Decisions are made in a moment, and if we don't have the time to look things up, we can only rely on things we know. So it is very important, what information do we remember? What information is in our head in order to make decisions? It's important for discipleship but also important for all kind of learning. Of course, there are stages between the primary illiterate who doesn't think in words and who can't read and write, and the highly literate ones who uses words as a common tool of communication. I will shortly describe these different stages. There are five. The first one is the illiterate. And these are the people who cannot read and write. These are the people who have never seen a word. So letters don't mean anything for them. It's just black on white. For them, they need the word in a sentence and the sentence in a context. For them, words are only bits of sounds and pictures, but not objects. So these people are real oral communicator. And the story is their dominant communication style. They need to get information in context And this is often a story. The second is the functional illiterate. And these are the people who can read and write, who also went to school, but very often dropped out before grade 8. So after that, they often had to work and they stopped reading and writing. So after two years, they might be able to read simple material, but they no longer receive and recall and reproduce Concepts. They do not understand what they read. They can't draw information from written texts. These are the ones they can read a poster and they can sign their name, but they might not know what they signed. They don't understand a contract. They don't understand the description of medication. They don't understand the policy of a political party so the values are not transmitted through literacy, even though they're all considered literate by every country. If you look at the statistics, because they have been in school, they can read and write, they are considered literate. But they're actually functional illiterate. Reading is not a source of information for them. So they are oral communicator. And again, the story is the dominant communication style. And I read in a newspaper in 2018 that in Germany, 7.5 million are functional illiterate. In a country that is considered highly educated, 7.5 million cannot get information from written text and letters. The third stage is called semi-illiterate. These are the people, they progress to grade 10, they usually graduated high school, maybe they went to college. They function in a great transitional zone between orality and literacy. They can work with text, they can get the information, but they use that skill mainly in the context of work. As soon as they are at work and at home, They will not keep on writing and reading because it takes energy and it's tiring. So they are, of course, considered literate by every culture and every school system. But these people still prefer oral communication. If they have to choose, they will always choose a story. And they learn best and are most comfortable with oral communication. The fourth one is called the literate. These are the ones you can also call functional literacy. They enjoy reading, they are fine with it, they can read articles, they can get information from written text, they can summarize the most important points. Usually they have graduated school, college, also university. They continue to read and write even after school and they can list important points. They feel comfortable with written texts. They learn and handle concepts in a literal manner. They can do it. They even write articles themselves, maybe. But these people still appreciate and respond to oral communication. Even though they can handle the other one, they still enjoy oral communication. And then the last one are the highly literate. And I'm sure all of you know some of these people. They really develop the literal skills and they enjoy them tremendously these are the people who always read five books at the same time when they go on holiday half of their luggage is books they read articles they write articles they listen to these five-minute TED talks that give them totally new concepts they have usually finished university they are experts in some fields and they are the scholars. They usually surrender their oral communication skills and not using them anymore. If you talk to them, very often they will not share personal information, but they will talk about a subject they are just thinking about or writing about or reading about. So these are the people who look at details and they don't look at the holistic surroundings of topic, but they look at details. And these people really thrive on written and print communication. They are the ones who do not respond to oral communication with much appreciation. They can listen to it, they might get the information, but they quickly feel bored and they will say, well, just give me a summary, just give me the points, please. This is too long and you will lose them with oral communication. Now, knowing about these five different groups, It might be interesting to have a look at the church. If you ask people what the sermon was about, they often say that it was good, but they can't really remember what it was about or they have to think. And sometimes they remember the illustration, the story or picture that was given as an example, and then they know the topic and can recall some of the content. But very often people do not remember well what the sermon was about. I have listened to many sermons all around the world and I have to say most of these sermons are concept-based. Often they are three-point sermons about a topic based on interpretations and then these interpretations are supported by Bible verses which are often taken from different books out of the context Just to support one of these three points. I have looked up some books about sermons. And I want to give you some examples for good preaching in this book. So these are outlines for New Testament teaching. Preaching sermons. And of course the first one is the three point sermon. And the three points are called like this. Crucifying Christ. Considering Christ. And confessing christ well all three points start with a c probably to remember the points better but already the title for the points are absolutely concept based it's not a context it's a concept and most people will not be able to remember these three points a second example has 10 points and again it all starts with the same letter But I'm sure when I finish, you can't remember the first point. So, it's saved by faith, separated by baptism, sound in doctrine, strong in fellowship, simple in worship, steadfast in prayer, sanctified in life, sold on the gospel, singing from the heart, and successful in witness. It's concepts. It's not a context. It's not story-based. It's all a concept. And it will be very difficult for an oral learner to understand what is said and to apply it into their own personal life. When we look at the Bible, how God communicates his personal character and how he communicates theology, because we all draw it from the Bible, we see the Bible contains 75% of stories. And then we have 15% songs, poems, and proverbs. And the last 10% is linear teaching. These are Paul's epistles. But also these letters, they are embedded in a context. Paul, who is in Ephesus, or Paul, who is in a prison, guarded by Roman soldiers, writing to a specific church who has a specific situation and has some certain problems. There is always a context. So we look at the Bible and we see God is communicating absolutely orally and we draw all our systematic theology from these oral communication forms and how do we pass on theology ourselves? Very often in a print-based matter. So looking at that, I think that we really should read the Bible not only as a study book, but we should start to read it as a novel and also start talking about the Bible in this way. I strongly believe that we have to start communicating theology in a way that speaks more to our learners, speaks like God speaks to us. And with that, we will reach many more people who are now not going to the church because it feels like school, and they don't see it as relevant, and they don't remember much anyhow. To make it practical, let's have again a look at the differences between a print and an oral learner. I learn mostly alone, and if I
2: have to communicate, one to one.
0: I learn mostly in dialogue with others, so I often communicate in groups.
2: I appreciate clear information through interesting literature.
0: I appreciate speeches through oral art forms, for example, stories or proverbs, songs and drama. Other speeches bore me.
2: I learn best by examining, analyzing, comparing, and classifying principles. Events serve only as examples.
0: I learn best when teaching is connected to real events, peoples, and struggles of life.
2: I view matters abstractly and analytically, looking at one aspect or detail at a time.
0: I view matters in the totality of their context, including everyone involved.
2: Since written words can be recalled later, I value well-worded sentences and definitions.
0: I remember information best when it is put in stories, symbols, songs, and rituals. And of course repetition helps me to remember as well.
2: For me, the teacher is just a source of information. I don't care how he lives.
0: For me, it is very important who my teacher is what kind of a person, and I like to participate and be active.
1: As you can see, the characteristics of an oral learner is that they learn mostly in dialogue. And when they communicate with others, they like it. They appreciate speeches through oral art forms. They enjoy stories. They enjoy proverbs, songs, drama. They learn best when teaching is connected to real events people and struggle of lives, so the context. They view matter in a totality of their context. They need the context. It's not principles, but it is experiences. And if they have experienced often the same thing, then they might draw a principle out of it, but they will not put a principle into life if they have not experienced it. They remember stories, symbols, songs, plays, rituals and repetitions rather than written words so for them in order to remember information you need to give them a good package that they can remember it with and they like to learn in groups and to participate they like to learn by doing oral communicators are not comfortable with and cannot easily understand information that is a concept and comes in the form of outlines precepts principles lists steps in a process and all these kind of things. It is difficult, if not impossible, for them to engage in true analysis. But it is important to always keep in mind that oral communicators can learn as well as literate people. They are not stupid. Their ability to learn is just as good as literate and their memory is often superior to the average literal person's memory. The problem is not the learning, but the presentation format. So no outlines, steps or principles, but stories, parables, poems, songs, drama, dance and rituals. So we have to let go of the idea that a good and a smart student is the one who sits quietly in the library with many books on the table, studying all by himself. Sometimes I hear people say, oh, it's so hard to reach people with the gospel. They don't respond. It's a very hard ground. And I do agree that some areas are spiritually dark and difficult. But I also think that in some cases, it's not the hard ground which is the reason for unresponsive people, but the way how we teach and present the gospel. So listen again to our two representatives and wonder how you could talk to them and how their mindset will respond to your way of communication.
2: I learn by reading, studying and analyzing.
0: I learn by observing and imitating.
2: I talk about words, concepts and principles.
0: I think and talk about events, not words.
2: I remember information by putting it in categories and storing it in handouts, books and files on my computer.
0: I use stories to remember information.
2: I always seek to discover new information and listen to the newest scientific theories, so everything which is new I am interested in.
0: I value information which is handed down through many generations, and also value traditions.
1: So much about the mindset of oral learners and how they need a different approach in order to understand, remember and be interested in information. We are almost finished, but for those who like books, here is one I really can recommend. It's called Making Disciples of Oral Learners. It is published by Lausanne Occasional Papers, the LOP, and the number 54, And they even have this book on the internet. You can download it on the site www.orality.net slash library slash others. And they even have it in Spanish and Russian. You can download it in many different languages. In the next episode, you will meet the print and oral learner again. And we will look at some more practical examples. Well, until then...